Welcome to the Purposeful Parent Podcast, a podcast for inspired parents. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kristen. I'm a parent of two little girls and the founder of Inner Architects. I love guiding parents and giving them a space to meaningfully connect, communicate effectively, break cycles, and learn to intentionally parent their kids. I'm an educator, a children's book author, and founder of Language Ninjas. With Language Ninjas and my books on the power of our words, parents and kids are given tools to empower their language. On this podcast, we are highlighting parents and educators who are choosing to mindfully show up differently for kids. Today, we are talking with Dr. Simone, Simone Alicia, the self-esteem doctor. She is a self-esteem coach for kids, teens, and families. She is also the founder of the Self-Esteem Doctor Academy, courses that provide kids with unique and easy-to-use strategies to improve the way they feel about themselves. Dr. Simone is a teacher to her core and gives life to the abstract concepts of self and self-love, and we are looking, we're, we're excited to be talking with you today. I'm so pumped. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you and I have talked a little bit before about the self-esteem doctor Academy, and I'd love for you to give our listeners a, a background on why you started it, um, what it is and yeah, tell us, tell us about it. Oh, for sure. For sure. First, I'm super excited that I got a chance to talk to Kristen before about language ninjas. I think that was just such a great project and Um, fits in a lot with what my work is, which brings me to the Self-Esteem Doctor Academy. And basically what it is, is that I feel like we need these tools for self-esteem building. We need resources. We need to know the how and the why of loving ourselves and the way that we're thinking and the way that we're feeling and the impact that has on every single thing else in our lives. So um, I recognize as a coach, I know I can't be everywhere at once in in terms of showing up to everyone's house or having everyone come see me for one-on-one coaching. Um, But there are some fundamental things that just flow through uh, the basic self-esteem knowledge that I think where a lot of us are missing out on as kids, as teens, as parents, as professionals. And I was like, hey, you know, if I made this accessible like 24-7, then that would be really helpful because wherever you are, that you have internet access anywhere on the planet at any time, you can log on and get some help. And I'm like, yes, we're doing this. We're turning this into an academy. Um, And of course, the timing as horrible as COVID was, it kind of worked right in with that timing where I was like, I have it, I have it ready. And here's COVID, like we're doing it. Like I'm, I'm launching this academy. So that's how that really came about um, as far as the academy piece. Very cool. Can you tell us a little bit more of like in detail what that looks like and, and you know, what can parents expect if they, if they do sign up for it? For sure. So uh, when we talk about self-esteem first, I'm going to go back for a second here and just describe what, define what I like to say Mm self-esteem is, right? I like to say self-esteem is the way that we are thinking and the way we are feeling about ourselves and and our lives. And ultimately when life is happening, there are so many obstacles sometimes and challenges and distractions and we're so busy and we're so overwhelmed. And it's like, what tools am I supposed to use? Like, I don't have time to use tools, right? So what's happened is I've taken out a lot of the things from my one-on-one coaching and put it into the academy so that you could have those resources. So I'm going to explain a little bit of what my coaching looked like. Um, so I do neuro-linguistic programming, and I know that's a mouthful, so we're just going to call it NLP and shorten it right up, right? So it's NLP. And what that is, is really about helping us to reprogram the way that we're thinking. So if I'm used to thinking this way, if I have beliefs from thinking this way, then the goal now is to switch those beliefs, switch those patterns, ultimately switch the programming. So if I'm going down a road of negativity and fear and overwhelm, and I don't know what to do, and I'm frustrated, and I'm stuck, and I'm angry, and all these negative emotions are coming up, I can now have the tools and the resources to switch that over completely and say, okay, now I can feel a little bit more patient. I can um, take my time. I can use the strategy. I can apply this, that, and the other to help myself to feel good. Um, and the goal ultimately of feeling good is so you can get the outcomes you want in life for yourself and also to be able to show compassion to others. So I get a lot of people improving behavior this way because it's like, well, if I'm not frustrated, then I'm not really acting out as much. If I'm not acting out as much, then I'm a lot nicer to mom, dad. You know, I'm just a little bit of a kinder person. If I'm not insecure in school, then maybe I'm approaching more friends or people to be more friendly or, or you know, just dealing with situations a little differently. So the academy itself has pre-recorded classes so that you can log on anytime. 24-7 access was really important to me in creating that project. 
And so you can go on and learn about things like, okay, what are affirmations? Why do they work? How do they work? Um, how can you stay positive even when things are really hard and tricky? You know, how can I try something new and not give up? Uh, then we get into the other elements of self-esteem that everyone thinks of, which is like your posture and like projecting yourself and the confidence piece. So we've got classes that talk about that as well um, and, and meditation and, and uh, using gratitude. And just, it's all about really this mindset. How do I get my brain to do what I want it to do so I can get what I want to get and I can treat others with compassion? That's like the foundation of all of it. That's so beautiful. Um, so you're a mom. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I am. Was um, how old are your kids? Eight and eleven. My son is eight. My daughter's eleven. Okay. Um, so was this something that you were doing prior with them? Is this something you saw like a need just as simply as a mom before you you made it public? Uh, that is such a good question because actually, the, so the story can be a little bit like, what? That's where it came from? So sit back and relax. Let me tell you this part. <laughs> All right. So um, actually, it started not with my own kids, although they do benefit from it. Uh, but I, in a previous life, right, I was a model and an elementary school teacher. And both of those things actually did overlap at the same time at one point. And what I noticed was this self-esteem issue and topic kind of just rearing its ugly head. And it was kind of like shining this light on me. And so I'll give you an example. Um, while teaching elementary school, I had an eight-year-old, a third grader at the time, um, look at me and like, miss, am I fat? And the concern in her face and the tone in her voice, I just about started crying in the middle of the classroom. And I'm like, I know it's just one question. And I know maybe she's just being a kid, but this feels so deep. And I just why is this a question that an eight-year-old even has? Like, what are we showing our kids? What are we, what are we projecting to our kids? What are we exposing them to? Why is that a question? Like, you should be begging me for like some chips and candy and like not even think twice, right? And I should be teaching you about vegetables, you know, what's going on? Uh, so that touched me deeply and it stayed with me obviously many, many, many moons ago. Um, and then right around the same time, I was also doing the modeling, like I mentioned, and I would, I remember being on backstage, we're going to do a runway show and then backstage with all the models. And here I have to admit to being super naive. I'm not going to say like, oh, I thought I was perfect. I definitely had my thing. Like, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Like, you know, like most of us do, but I was a little naive for me. The modeling world was, I'm going to walk and get paid. Like, yay, play dress up, you know, like, <laughs> like that was literally all I was really focused on with it. And I, I can't say where that came from. I don't know if that was just my divine thing to help lead me in this direction, but that's all that was on my mind. It's like, I'm going to get paid to dress up fancy. And I remember standing backstage and a bunch of girls and guys, and they were just kind of tearing themselves apart. Like, oh, oh my gosh, look at this. And oh, and my, this is that. And then the arm and my pinky and my eyelid. I'm like, what, is, what? We're getting paid to walk people, smile and walk. Like, this is easy. This is fun. And I just remember like, wow, that's insane. But I, I almost didn't give it much thought. It was my turn to go. I was also terrified. So I had to like pull myself together, walk on the runway, come back. And then I remember this is the part that got me. I came off the runway and there were a group of little girls around the same age of the students that I have in my classroom. And they were gathered around and it was just this idealistic talk coming out of, I want to be them. I want to be like them. They're so pretty. They're so perfect. And I'm like, <gasps> So wait a second, you're idolizing people that don't even really like themselves that much. And then you all, people are leaning to asking if you're fat and then you're, and I just was like, this map was forming and I was like, someone should do something about this. <laughs> oh, well, I guess it's going to be me. <laughs> and that's literally how it unfolded. And I'm like, okay, this is my mission. And um, so it, it started slowly. I actually was asked to teach a modeling class after that. And that was the first taste I got of what I would consider coaching to some degree. Um, and it actually mirrors what I now call my NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming mouthful there, the NLP Modeling and Confidence class. So that it kind of mirrored that before I even had the training for that. So I would have these little girls modeling and I was not saying to them like, you're gorgeous, you're perfect, you just smile, look at your pretty eye. I was like, I can read your mind. I can see if you believe in yourself. Like you better be thinking I got this. I can read your mind, I'm a mind reader. And I was like, wow, you know, like I was touching on something deeper. And that was the beginning of it and evolved into, you know, I want to use unique elements like the runway or, you know, neuro-linguistic programming or metaphysics and 
combine these things to help people to start to understand there's something deeper going on and what's happening in your mind will affect your actions, your behaviors, your outcomes, and the way you treat yourself and the way you treat others. So that was really the beginning of just self-esteem work in general. Um, and then it slowly evolved into one-on-one -on -one coaching, of course, more education on my part. So I could really have the tools that I wanted it became a lifestyle for me. And I'm ultimately now wanting to be a lifestyle for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's coming from the teaching world myself. It's so important. Like that self-esteem, the kids are learning it. Well, they're learning it from the adults in their lives, but also to be able to have those tools to have somebody be able to give them to them. So they have someone modeling, like, this is what confidence looks like is, is big. Cause I worked with five-year-olds and already there was like, not the confidence that I would have expected a five-year-old to have. Right. It's changing. I think what we're getting exposed to is it's so much younger and younger and it's more intense. I feel like there was a time where I would say the world protected our kids a little more. Like, you know, this doesn't come on TV till like after midnight or when the kids are asleep and, you know, this doesn't play on the radio. And, you know, and now it's like, you got to pay for that channel if you want to see. And now it's kind of like, press whatever you want. It's all there, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, you can hear what you want, see what you want with and stumble on it, you know? And I'm just like, ouch, like our kids are being affected by that. It's, it's programming, you know, and, and that's, it's developing the core beliefs and the things that they're thinking about and the patterns of thinking and what they're focused on. And they're creating connections in their brain based on the things that they're seeing and hearing and exposed to. And it's not right now, it's not for the betterment of our, our kids, unfortunately. Yeah. And with, with that, um, like the, it used to be Saturday morning cartoons and, or, or like specific times a day where the cartoons were on and the ads were meant to be ads that were only targeted for the kids or parents, like so, or the moms basically, <laughs> but the ads that they had to be specific ads during those times. And now kids can go on YouTube, um, and YouTube kids is supposed to be for kids, but it's not, all you have to do is click a little button and say it's for kids and anything can go. So, and, and the ads aren't controlled there. So yeah, they, they are bombarded. And I've, I've watched, I, I nannied for a little boy that, um, he would get on YouTube and start watching cartoons there and yeah, that you, they can just go into anything. They can watch TikTok videos on YouTube and, see whatever. And that's all under YouTube kids. Yeah. That's, it's, it's just not, to me, it's not okay. I understand the world isn't moving forward and, and that things are going to happen and technology is going to advance. I have full respect for that. I just think as those things change, we have to have protocols that go in to monitor and to manage that. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember my daughter had like a little YouTube thing going on a channel and whatever, and I was monitoring it. I was on it. Uh, first of all, things do slip through your fingers. So parents listening, like things slip through your fingers. We're living life. You know what I mean? So there's, we're not looking for any bar of perfection here or whatnot, but um, I'm monitoring doing it all of a sudden. Um, YouTube said like, you know, they're going to pull anyone who's under 13 or whatever it was. Like they had a whole thing that like, she was losing her account and she was like so upset. And I go, honey, I understand. And I, as if I'm in your shoes, I understand why you're upset. And I'm going to let you have your feelings, but I'm, I'm low key, not mad that they're actually trying to do something. This is like a step towards protecting our kids. Like, are you protecting our kids? Well, thank you. I mean, I'm sorry, this is not affecting us in the way we would like, but like, I appreciate the effort because globally we need somebody to be helping with the regulations, you know, for us parents to try to monitor two, three, four, five kids um, in your home. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I have two young girls, mine are seven and four. And uh, my husband and I talk about social media and just, you know, screen time in general, but really looking at like how different we talk a lot about, you know, advice from our parents down to us. It's it, like has changed so differently, like their generation to their parents is so much closer than our parents to us because of what you know, technology and social media has become. And, you know, uh, my kids thankfully aren't there yet. Um, but I'm not, you know, naive to the fact that they will get there, right? Whether I try to restrict it or not, they will find it. Um, so yeah, really looking at like, how do we, a, you know, and, and I think social media is, is, is negatively affecting adults, when it comes to self-esteem and self-worth. And, you know, we, we forget that, you know, Instagram is a highlight reel of your life. And when I feel like crap and I want to escape what I'm doing, I go to Instagram to, to feel different. Right. And all I do is feel worse because I look at everyone else's beautiful life. And I think mine's even worse than I thought it was when I started, you know? Right. Um, 
So can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, self-esteem when it comes to, you know, the different um, inputs that children are getting, whether it's from, you know, television or Instagram, social media, or, um, and is that something you talk about in your course? Is it something you talk about with your own kids? Like what, what's your take on, on that when it comes to self-esteem? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let's get into this. So um, with my own kids, yes, I definitely talk about it uh, a lot with them. And we have a lot of like regulations and protocols and stuff in place. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and in my program, actually, we are building out a course that is tied to self-esteem and social media. So that's something that's going to be coming in the near future. Um, and as far as all the inputs, I think that, you know, there's a thought that I, I have, and I've also studied and looked at it's just we have options, right? There are so many options. And I think what we have to get good at now is teaching our kids to pick the right ones because it's trying to tell them that like that option is not there. Like, no, there's only good things. Like, don't look at that and don't do, you know, it, it, we can't shelter them to that degree because then when they are faced with these, you know, controversial things, they're not going to know what to do. So I think a lot of it is really the teaching of there are so many different options and we have to start to be selective about what it is that we're wanting to look at. And then we have to give them the why. We have to give them the, the deeper meaning behind it. I feel that particularly when it comes to children and teens as adults, number one, like you said, we don't have like the, my mom told me and I'm going to pass this on to you. It's like, my mom told me go outside and play and I'm telling you that and you're telling me it's hot and like your movie's on. I don't know. Like, you know, this is a different thing. So I don't have that. Um, that, that, that legacy to lean on, if you will. So I'm, I'm having to start fresh and give you like brand new information. So I think that it's the stage that we're at now is being able to decide what does this look like in our home? And then when we explain to our kids, give them details of why and the how. Anytime I was coaching kids, you know, their parents told them everything I told them, you know, be positive, love yourself, but they had no idea what that really meant. Am I supposed to hug myself and stare in the mirror? Like, what do you mean by love myself? And what, why am I being positive? I'm mad, I'm angry. Like, what do you mean by just pretend? I, what do you mean by this? So I think giving them that deeper how and why is very, very helpful. And I think that's where we're at now as a society is that parents are gonna have to embrace a little bit more of the idea that we are also teachers. And I know that's easy for me to say because I actually have a background teaching. I taught in the elementary schools, as you heard before. Um, and I also currently homeschool my kids and that's from the beginning of time. And I think that I'm not, I'm obviously not asking everyone out there to start homeschooling. Everybody calm down. <laughs> I know that is not like a, that's not the answer for everyone, right? It's a very special specific niche thing to do. Um, but what I am saying is that we do have to embrace and from a confident space that we as adults are also teachers for our kids. We're not leaving it just to this brick and mortar place and they're gonna like do the teaching and I'll do the raising. Like, no, we really, this idea of community is more important than ever where I am my child's teacher. And I think a part of that will, will show its, its, its head when we say, all right, here's social media, here's TV, here's what you may see, here's what's going on. I think we need a lot more education than we've ever needed before in this space. Outside of your math, your science, your, you know, the typical stuff, we've got to start educating kids on life and what they're looking at and what it means, what it does to the mind, what it does to the body, what it does to the brain. And so I'll give you an example with my own kids. Um, first of all, if you have the opportunity to start young, I know, Melissa, you're like in a really great place to be able to start young. So some of this will be even more like, yes, for you. Um, but if you're listening and you're a little bit older, you have kids that are a little bit older, don't, don't give up or don't think there's no hope. We just have to really be a little bit more creative and diligent in what we're doing and what we're demonstrating. And as Kristen said before, just how we're modeling to our kids. So when it comes to my kids, um, they've started very, very early with the understanding of TV. Like I would talk to them about you know, this is fiction, this is made up, these are characters, you read a script, you know, that's catch up, that's that, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was really like deliberate because I, what I recognized in my mind, I was like, you know, when they're super little, we give them the device and we say like, learn from this. We say, these are your shapes, these are your colors, these are, you know, whatever. And like, they learn from it. This is how you add, this is how you spell. And this is a fact-based device. Like every time I repeat what I just saw here, my mom is really proud of me. Like, this is it. So they're looking at this device, holding their hands, and this now is life. It's real. It gets them compliments. And then somewhere we transition from the learning games to now they're watching something else. And we never really educated them like, okay, so now what you're going to see is not the exact everything here is a fact and learning. This is now acting and silliness. And that guy's really not that mean to that girl. And those kids are not really eating their vegetables. And they're not really this in the classroom. 
we don't really do that transitional teaching, if you will. So they go from like, everything here is fact to, well, then everything here must be fact. And they're watching, God forbid, they find their way to Netflix and find like, they're killing people and there's this and there's that. And just so much information. And if they're sit in the set in the, the uh, programming that what I'm watching here is real, that's how it first impacts the system. That was just something that, that I started to recognize. And I was like, so I should probably differentiate this and say, this is not like the learning things mommy gave you before. This is going to be entertainment. So they're going to pretend to be mad. They're going to write this script down and say, Tommy, yell at Jamie. And then Tommy's going to yell at Jamie because they wrote it down. Like it's not real. So I tried to add a little more education of what they were going to be seeing um, as step one. And then I talked to them just like I talked to my students and my, and my clients about um, what it does. Why? Why is it so important what you watch? And I'm like, well, because your brain is literally taking it in as a program. That deeper part of your brain that we call the sub or unconscious mind takes it all in as real. Like it's just, it's all real to it. And so once it's real and it's in there, your behavior starts to pull on that as options and choices of how to behave. So you're watching something that's just all bullying and it's all mean girls and it's all attitude and it's all snappy to your parents. It's in there. So now you get a situation with your mom or your dad and you've got all these options to pull from and all of them are mean, except that one time mom said, be nice, but it's only mom because there's 55 shows that told me I could scream at you if I want to. And mom said, be nice. Like, yeah, okay. Right. So like, I've got all these choices. So mom talks to me now and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and you're like, where did you get that from? We know where they got that from, right? There's so much input. So I think differentiating that is important when it comes to like the television shows and the movies and things like that. And then with social media, I think you had a really massive point there, Melissa. It's it's the parents also, we are affected by what we're seeing um, because it is a highlight reel, right? And we all have highlights in our life, but we're not only living the highlight reels. If we could just hop from highlight reel to highlight reel in our own lives, like, hello, can't touch this, right? But if it's like living the day-to-day, -day, you're like, oh, that's not fun. That was not nice. Don't want anyone to know that. Um, but we know it and we're living it and we're feeling it. So I think that it becomes really important for parents to walk the walk and start to think about their own confidence, um, to use the tools for themselves, to be deliberate. I, and I'm like, this is a wash your face, brush your teeth, eat, take a shower, work your self-esteem, like <laughs> your mindset. Like this is, this is up there on the list of everyday to-dos. It's not extra. It's not, and now I have to find time for it. No, while you brush your teeth, say affirmations. While you're taking the shower, say your gratitude list. You know, um, as you're writing your supermarket list, write thank you, thank you, thank you, and 10 things you are grateful for. I mean, I don't know. It, it's about building it into your everyday life. And when parents have that more secure, I think we demo that for the kids. And then social media, I tell people, listen, social media can be like your own personalized um, go-to place for happiness. Follow the people that will bring the happiness. Unfollow the people that will not. Make sure your feed is cleaned up. I remember telling this to a 19-year-old and her jaw dropped open. She was like, I never thought of that. And I'm like, really? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I just, I'm following the kids at school. I'm following my friends. I'm following what my friends are following. I'm following the celeb. And I'm like, well, clean it up. And let me know how you feel. In about a week, she was like, I cannot even believe it. Like I opened my Instagram and it's like, you are beautiful and affirmations and love life and body love and body confidence. And like, you can do this. And it's all this inspiration. I'm like, yay. You know? So like we, I mean, obviously some things will stumble into the feed. I understand that. But for the most part, we have a little bit more control over what we see. Social media doesn't have to be all bad definitively. We get a little bit of a choice in what we select. Again, increasing those options um, so that we can, steer our life and steer our day and steer our emotions a little bit better. Um, and it's not about pretending that nothing bad happens in the world. It's just about being very deliberate about saying, hey, I want to feel good. And in order to feel good, which I can then pass on to my children and my spouse and my family and my friends, um, and of course, have some for me too, in order to feel good, I've got to be collecting good things in here, in my mind, in my head. I've got to, I've got to be able to see that. I have to have that as a real option for me in order to feel and experience it. So we just go out and collect more options by being deliberate about the self-esteem work and what we're exposing ourselves to. And that's something we can teach to our kids. Like I taught the 19 year old, for sure. Yeah, I, I am so excited we're having this conversation and I love everything you just said about about the social media piece, about the intention piece. I think my husband and I have really talked about, you know, how can everything in our life be a form of quote unquote medicine, right? Yes. How can it be something that is, you know, and, and, you know, for a long time, we kept screens and television and movies away from our first daughter because we just put it into the box of like, that's bad. Let's hold off as long as possible. Right. And 
obviously she went to my, I homeschool my kids now too. Um, so, but they went to Montessori school for a little bit. She's, you know, going and, and talking to other kids about different characters and different things. She's like, mom, who's Peppa Pig and who are all these people? And I'm like, don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, starting to like have movie nights when friends come over and, you know, so we started talking and it's so different, you know, I'm interested in, in your experience, but like her, my first daughter to my second, like the second one, like, you know, ate sugar earlier and saw screens earlier and just was exposed to all these things. You know, I kept this first one in this little bubble for, you know, so much longer and realizing like, what if everything was just more intentional? What if it was instead of, you know, popping on a movie and shutting my kids up because I'm overwhelmed and they're screaming or I just need a minute and I haven't been able to, you know, cultivate that for myself. What if it was every Friday we pull from a jar of movies that we've picked, you know, picked ahead of time. And we have a, an intentional family movie night and we make tacos or we eat pizza or whatever the thing is. Right. And we're sitting and we're doing this together and then we talk about it. And then it, you know, and it's an, an, an experience as opposed to this, you know, go, go watch TV. Cause I need you to shut up, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, so really looking at, you know, I'm hoping, and I, I'm sure my husband and I have countless conversations, so I'm sure we'll get here as well once social media is a piece of our children's lives, but really looking at where does this become more of an intentional thing where, you know, it can be something that is beneficial, right? Like, I love that you talked about curating your feed and it's something that I've done forever where my feed is more like, I'm a teach, I used to teach as well. So like coming from a teacher background, I'm like, there's millions of people on social media I can learn from. Cool. You know, yes. like, I just yes. love learning. So I'm like, okay, you know, my feed's all about, I have a fitness and wellness background. I have a nutrition background. So now mine's like, you know, homeschool and nutrition and how to make, you know, these remedies out of the herbs in your backyard. And I'm like, great. And, you know, and then I went through um, and lifted, which is the language course Kristen and I went through and really talking about kind of the same thing where, you know, shifting, using affirmation, shifting your mindset, using language to do that. So we're very much on the same page, which is exciting. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to kind of commend that. I love that you're talking about the intention piece behind this, because I think that's where it all starts, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're not telling none, none of the three of us are, are telling you to, you know, avoid any of this, right? Because if we're, you know, if we're walking away with, you know, don't let your kids use social media or don't use it yourself. Like that's just not a realistic thing in this day and age. Right. And it's not helpful. So if we can give people the tools to really, how do you use this mindfully? And then how do you teach your kids to use it mindfully? But I really, I do agree. I think it's a really huge piece that parents do need to lead the way in this because Mm -hmm. we are, we're showing up on social media positive ourselves. And then we're watching other people, or, or we are showing up negatively, so I guess some people, but really looking at, you know, this like arguing over politics or arguing over COVID or arguing, you know, we're, we're just nitpicking all these negative things. And then we're wondering why we're so in, in this negative mindset. So yeah, I just, to unpack some of the things you said, I, I love, I'm very excited about this conversation. I think it's going to be really beneficial for our listeners to hear this, um, you know, because it, it is something that is very real and it's, you know, it's happening for people. Um, and you know, it's, I'm not quite there yet with my kids, but I know that many people are. So, um, yeah, exactly. And it's coming. And I, I, and the Mm -hmm. fact that you used the word intention, I think is so, so powerful because, um, that really is the, the connecting force here with everything from YouTube, you know, the other social media, TV, movies, radio, all of that is just really try to be intentional with the way we educate our kids as parents and what we demonstrate for them. You know, um, when you mentioned YouTube, I remember that I actually created a little cha- channel um, as the self-esteem doctor, right? That's my title. I, I use the initials, the acronym sometimes, the T-S-E-D, right? So I, call, I called something T-SED, T-SED TV on YouTube. And I'm like, kids, this is all you're allowed to watch. Go on T-SED TV and that's it. And I would watch all these little five minute, 10 minute cartoons and make sure they're appropriate. And, and I could see other parents like, you're checking cartoons for appropriateness. I'm like, yeah, because there are some that they're like practically cussing their parents out and not in my house. We are not doing this. So I'm like, I don't want to have to undo that. Um, and I remember once my daughter with the nanny, she, I think she watched something that was like scared of the dark or some kind of shadows. It never even occurred to my daughter to be scared of the dark, right? It wasn't even an idea. And she watched this and all of a sudden that night, she's like, oh, it's dark. I'm like, 
what did you see? What did you watch? What happened? You know, I'm like, and I'm like, and I literally tracked down the show that it was. And I was like, never again. I'm like, Nanny, never, never again. The show, never watch it. It's not allowed. The, the, the episode itself is a no-no. The whole thing is fine. But this episode, absolutely not. Because it really affects them. So created a little channel. So parents, this is an idea too. You know, if you can, you know, take aside, you know, five minutes every day, five minutes, a couple times a day, whatever it is, and set, find these little quick cartoons that are just more appropriate, that are more empowering, motivating, talking about how to brush your teeth and why. And, you know, my son walks around now and just gives me facts all day about, well, did you know that the mitochondria, I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't, I, I forgot what that video was about. I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, but like, that's like stuck in their head now. So that's one piece too, you know, um, like Melissa saying, you know, you could do a Friday night movie. That's very intentional. These are the movies that we're okay with at this stage. And we'll pull from that. You can go to YouTube, curate your own, you know, little playlist of what's appropriate here. The ads will still come on. So be there for that and help to either fast forward or talk to your kids about that. I've trained my kids into understanding what ads do. I'm like, they study how to make this affect you. It's not just an accidental bit of information. They've studied how to make this get in your head. They're look, using colors, sound, the speed of the actor's voice is the tone, command tone at the end. I'm like, it's all in there. And so I've taught my kids to look for that and listen for that. And so now literally an ad comes on and they're like, they're covering their ears, their hands go up to their ears and they're like, turn it off, mute it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, mute it, you know? Um, and of course they're kids. So, you know, they're going to watch the, the toy cards, the toy commercials every now and then. I'm like, you're human. I don't want you to not be human. I want you to be aware. So now they're not, and they don't fall for, you know, commercials as much any, because they know it's like doing this on purpose to them. So the education, that intentional um, education it's really, it really helps. And I've also another bit of advice for parents. Um, I've really trained my kids to start to understand that uh, using tech, we call it tech time in our house. So our tech time is for downtime. Tech time is not like the primary thing that we woke up to do today was to wake up and like go binge on something. Tech time is for our downtime. So when they're like, can we watch tech now? Because they, they have to ask. They don't just usually turn it on. They have to ask every time. At, at Even at age eight and 11, they're asking me, can we watch now? Can I go on now? Can I talk to my friend now? Whatever it is, they have to ask. Um, so that's part of me knowing what's going on. Um, and again, parents, I'm not saying I don't miss things. I'm not trying to paint a perfect picture for you. I'm sure I miss things, but I just, the intention is there. So they ask to use tech. And when it is, yes, I'm like, well, I'm like, first of all, is it downtime? That means your room's spotless because there's nothing else to do, but watch tech, right? You guys don't want to go to the park. There's no, you want to do anything. Okay. Then, you know, so there is obviously tech time in my house and quite a lot of it some days, to be honest. Um, but there's a little parameter here that, and then a the little bit of training is when do we use this and why do we use this and how do we use this and how do we make sure we get um, the best of it? For sure. For sure. Oh, and actually one last thing too, I just want to throw in there with um, social media that I think we may not notice. Sometimes when we're watching social media in front of our kids, just be careful what they can hear. You know, it's not always just a big F-bomb that you have to dodge with your kids. It's the content, right? And Or the tone. And are they fighting? Are they arguing? Are they telling each other off? Are the jokes suggestive? Um, so I just think be careful what you're watching and sometimes very be very deliberate about watching really good stuff in front of your kids. Because my daughter will like come lean in. Like, I'm like, this is my phone. Why are you in here? What's going on? Right. <laughs> but the minute she leans in, I'm like, okay, making sure that we highlight those extra positive ones. And it kind of backs up what I'm teaching her. So if I'm like, honey, your mindset, you got to be positive, say affirmations. And then she sits beside me and I'm like, affirmation, hashtag search and boom, I'm amazing. Do your hash, use your affirmations, love yourself, be kind to others. I'm like, look at that. The whole internet agrees with me. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like another level of education because there's some social proof there, if you if you will, for my kids. So um, just be careful what you're listening to in front of them also, especially if they're talking about body image things or like focusing too much on like, and I'm so beautiful and I'm so hot and my outfit and my spanks. Like it sounds so simple and trite to you, but as a kid, they are sucking it all in. And that becomes part of the way they'll scroll when they get older. So if you're missing out, if your friends went to a party, don't study that in front of your kids and be like, I can't believe, you know, Nancy went out without me. Like zip it, call Nancy and handle it separately. But if you're training your daughter or your son to be, you know, have this fear of missing out, then when they, when their turn comes for social media, they're going to study that and be like, oh my gosh, mom, you know, Brittany went out without me. And it's like, oh, that's not how we want you to use this tool. Um, we, we want you to feel more comfortable securing yourself and not be in this place of comparison. So there's a lot of layers to it, but we can slowly integrate it into our lives in a really natural way. The same way we want to teach our kids behavior and healthy hygiene, we can really slowly and seamlessly start to slip some of these concepts in, in a really easy way. So it doesn't have to feel overwhelming. Yeah, it's like we cultivate what we want to see is what, um, like I heard 
cultivating your feed um, in order to see what you it is that you want your life to look like. And that's a, a lot of what I'm hearing too is, yeah, cult, you can cultivate your social media feed and you can also cultivate what you're seeing on TV and movies and in the life around you. And then from there, that's what helps form our mindset about what life looks like because do you want it to be all doom and gloom and this the world is on fire or do you want to be able to enjoy life and look for the good so yeah I like talking about what are what ways are to cultivate and how we can to take that control absolutely absolutely and for those of you who might start to be concerned that well, you know, you know, Simone, things are going to slip in like that. And I'm like, absolutely. This is still the world. We're still living here, you know, uh, but this is a, an analogy I use in my mind is if I can fill my kids like a pool, think of an actual swimming pool. If I can fill them like a pool with goodness, and then there's like five drops of like red food coloring or 10 drops or a hundred drops of red food coloring that gets dropped in the pool. It doesn't really change the makeup of the pool. It's not enough, right? The ratio is off. So the pool is going to dominate. It's going to still remain it's going to maintain its, its integrity, its, its, its qualities. It's going to be the pool filled with chlorine and you can still swim in it. It's not going to be negatively affected to that degree. It'll impact it. It might make a little mark there for a bit, but um, ultimately you still maintain the essence of who you are. So that to me is, it's not about, um, I think Melissa mentioned this earlier also, it's not about saying, stay away, stay away, stay away, stay away. It's like, no, just grow and grow and grow and be ready and be ready and be ready. So you are that swimming pool. So when those negative things come, you can kind of handle them. You may react, you may, you know, be negative, have, have it be a human, you know, surf that emotional scale up and down all the way, but have a place where you consistently live towards the top of that scale where joy is the, the order of the day for you. And joy is essentially your foundational place and you can visit everywhere else, but you know how to get back to joy. I'm not saying we won't have negative moments or see negative things or have challenges, but just make sure that we've got a foundation there that's bigger than those challenges. Um, and one of the things I, I took into mind as my child approached 11 and I was like, okay, we're all excited about double digits and we're dropping the word preteen. My son is eight. He's like, well, aren't I a preteen? I'm like, well, very technically you're before <laughs> teen, but we're not going there. And no, you need double digits before I have to deal with two of you with this. Okay. So, um, but what I've taken this, this, this um, concept of like, I'm going to tell it to her first. That's what's kind of like, you know what, if I'm like, if the first one is going to be the one that lit, lit, you know, lands, because you're going to kind of believe the first way you hear it, it's going to really sow that, uh, you know, if it, it, as you say, the uh, synaptic connections in the brain, right? It's going to make the connection with what you were just told by a fellow 11-year-old who heard it from a 16-year-old and nobody knows what they're talking about. So I'm like, listen, I want to tell it to her first. So we start those hard topics first. And then I open the door to say, come to me when you want more of this. You know, this happens to girls. This happens to boys come to me when you want a little bit more of that. Okay, mom, what do you mean? Oh, this is happening to me this time. And this is this. Okay, so, oh, what does that mean? And then we keep exploring. And I'm like, when you want to know more, your friends might want to tell you and you're allowed to listen, but I really want you to understand that sometimes it's like the game of telephone. And of course you play telephone with them and they see how that message gets botched. So they're like, oh, whoa, well, yeah, I better come to the source. I'm like, yeah, come back to the beginning of the telephone line. I'll tell you what's up because it got mixed up around the way, right? And, um, and that's just a foundation. So she'll come to me with stuff and be like, well, you know, so-and-so said this. And I'm like, eh, wrong. Like, <laughs> she don't know what you're talking about. Let me help you out or, or whatever. Um, but, but I like, I like that idea of like, let me tell it to you first, because that might be a little bit more helpful. So when you see nonsense on the internet or with friends or TV, you can say, oh, mom said, and then you can talk about it. I think that is such a powerful thing. And I think that that's a really huge takeaway that parents could take from this conversation is the, you know, the intention behind being, being the teacher, being able to educate, whether you're homeschooling your kids or not, whether you have a teaching background or not, like that is a role that you can play. Um, and being able, yeah, having those hard conversations, knowing that it's coming from a safe place where those, where you're telling the truth, where it's something that they can come back to you, I think is so powerful. And um, yeah, something that we're trying to do as well is, is have those conversations. And, you know, a main piece of what I'm trying to do with my kids in homeschool is create questioners, cre create kids that are not, you know, or not necessarily rebellious, but just, you know, hey, why? Or, you know, is there more to that? Or just being able to continue to ask those questions so that when they do see something or they do hear something, it's not just, oh, okay, let me follow with this, right? 
Um, and I think that a lot of society and, and adults have lost their way in that. And I think we saw that a lot in the pandemic. It was like people that were like very far rebelling and then people that were just laying down following, right? So, um, so if we can create, you know, kids, little humans that are like, I'm not necessarily one side or the other on anything, but I am going to just ask for more information or question or be like, well, I thought it was maybe this, right? So I love that you're bringing that up and that that's a piece of your parenting and part of what you're doing with your program. Cause I think that's a huge piece that parents could take away from, from this conversation. Oh, I got chills. That was so good. Yes. I love that. I love that. I mean, and parents, yes, you know, it does drive us crazy sometimes when the kids with the questions, I, I even yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, wait, please, everybody stop. Mommy's drowning in questions right now. I just need to, I need to, mommy needs to go in on the floaty. Let me float away for a little bit. I'll be back to these questions. But then the deeper picture is I do want you to ask me. So, so parents, if you get frustrated with them, do not be like, well, Simone and Christian enjoy or do it. Like, no, 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 no. We're doing it. But sometimes I still need to be like, oh my gosh, no more questions. Okay. It's 5 p.m. Question time is done. <laughs> Write them down and catch me in the morning. Right. So don't don't put the pressure on yourself if you become a little overwhelmed with those questions, but just know that bigger intent, that bigger meaning that we're raising kids who will not just blindly follow any old thing. They feel comfortable and confident, right? To, to be able to trust themselves enough to know to, that I can ask this question, whether it means I agree or don't agree or somewhere in the middle, it's not even relevant at this, at this stage. It's just me feeling comfortable asking why or asking for more information or digging deeper instead of just accepting every single thing at surface, at surface value or at face value, because we know the glacier goes deep, right? So I want a child who's able to ask how deep is the glacier before I sail over there, right? So um, I think it's super, super powerful um conversation that we're having and I'm I'm really hoping everyone's enjoying it as much as I am because I'm like yeah this is so good this is so good and I think Kristen we've had we've talked about um this concept before where the the explaining the why right Mm -hmm, we've talked it with other guests we've talked personally about it like I think a lot of parents get stuck in the life because I said so and just because I'm an adult or because I'm older or because I know more than you and and really like, even if you want them to do something specific, like just letting them know the why I was just having a conversation with, um, a former client, really good friend, um, before this call. And we were talking about this, this concept, like not just leaning into, you know, because, because I need you to do this, right. Give them that why so that they can feel that control, even at two, three, four, five years old, right. Like cultivate, or like, you know, give them parameters around the choices potentially, sure. right? but like also letting a two-year-old or a three-year-old have some, have some choice, have some power in that choice. Right. And what that's going to do, you know, we were simply talking about like picking out clothes to wear and I'm like, give her two choices. You know, you want your blue pants or your red pants. And it seems silly in the moment, but that is going to be her empower feeling empowered now at three to then make those choices and feel safe in making those choices going forward. So exactly. I think, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, sorry, I got excited. <laughs> I got excited. Sorry about that. Um, but it's, it's amazing because then when we reach, when our kids get to the teenage years and we're like, well, you know, you, why can't you make better choices? Why can't you make better decisions? It's like, well, have I had any practice making decisions? You've told me what to do from birth till now. And now you're like, and go free, make decisions. Hmm. I don't know how yet. Um, and I have to confess, confession time, growing up as a Jamaican child. So I was born in Jamaica. My parents are Jamaican. And that's a very old school, rigid, like, because I said so is the order of the day. Like, that's what do you mean? Like, I don't, I'm now I feel bad that I even looked like I had a question because I didn't want to, I don't get in trouble. Like, I'm sorry. I knew it. I did it. I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm doing it. Right. And so um, parents are very loving, loving people, but it just, it was just that background. Right. And I find myself sometimes like teetering on that. Like, I'm so clearly different homeschooling, ask your questions. We're going to travel. You want to know about this? Let's go get on a plane. We're going to go learn about that. Or let's go on a road trip. Right. And and then flip over to the next part of me. And there's like, well, I said so. My kids are like, like, who are you? Oh, who's this lady? Like, you always tell us the why. That's you preaching. But like every now and then I slip into that old like programming. And it's just like, well, I said so. So you better go do it. And they're literally looking at me like, I don't understand. Who are you? <laughs> like, you always explain to us. So what's going on? I'm like, mommy needs a nap. I'll be back. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm having flashbacks. I'll be right back. So again... <laughs> Again, parents, I say that to you because if you, I just want you to understand that, that although this is the intention and this is the direction we want you to go, 
that sometimes those hiccups will come, those habitual things that, you know, are part of your growing up, but it doesn't mean we have to lock our kids into that. And whenever I do do those things, I'll be like, guys, okay, my bad, mommy, sorry. I had a moment, you know, I'm Jamaican, I'm working on it. Right. Like, so like, you know, and I make it light and then we kind of get back, um, get back to it. So I just want to encourage you guys, you know, listening that if the, if you get those hiccups or you have those little moments where you're like, I, this is not how I was raised. And I did say so. And that's what I want them to do. You know, all right, life happens. You said it fine. And there may be an instance where you really did say so, and you want to stick by it. Okay. Go with that. But just know in the bigger picture, we want to encourage our kids to be a little bit different than that. And, and understand that when we tell them, because I said, so, uh, hush, hush, we won't tell them, but it's, it's because we don't usually know the answer. So that, <laughs> that's why we're telling them that. So you can actually say to your kids, you know what, I don't really have a good answer for you right now, but I need you to get this done. So we can talk about it later, but I need you to get this done. So even something that shows some compassion can still circumvent the fact that you may not know exactly what to say right now. Like my mom told me to do it. I'm telling you to do it. End of story. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll try that. But then mommy's coming back to talk to you again later, you know, so just be easy on yourself. Give yourself grace. Um, it's a journey. And you have so many different tools you can use as you hear today. And I know we're going to be adding more of this onto the academy. And and I go out and I do talks and I do presentations. So, you know, if you ever bump into me talking about this again, you can continue to study and of course tune into this podcast over and over and over until it really kind of gets ingrained into you because it's really worth it. And the outcomes for ourselves and our kids are really, really powerful and, and worth every step of it. Uh, and the peace that you get knowing that you set your kids up for really big success in an ever evolving technological society. Um, I think that's worth, that's worth more than gold. Yeah. yeah. I think the human, mm -hmm. the human aspect too, is really important. Like you brought up, like mm -hmm. showing your faults, like how beneficial is that for kids to see they're the safest people in their lives, having fault, being valuable. Right. And then apologizing. Cause that goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. Sure. Acknowledging yeah. it, acknowledging uh -huh. it. Not, not like I did it because I'm an adult. So yeah. yeah. And, and I think <laughs> when we talk about like conscious parenting or intentional parenting, like I think a lot of people take that and think that it means like you are a perfect parent and you have perfect children and life is always easy. And what it really means is like, you just have the tools to handle those hard times better. Right. Uh -huh. Or you're just, you're, you're aware of the things that are happening and the things you want to adjust or change or, you know, so like, I think if we can get that message out too, where it's like, none of us in any of the conversations that we're going to have are going to be, the expectation is never going to be, be a perfect parent, right? right. Actually like be valuable, show mm -hmm. up as a flawed human that you are, apologize, right? And then have those open conversations and being vulnerable in that way so that kids can also be, be open and safe to also make mistakes, mm -hmm. right? And as a matter of fact, I love to play with the word perfect and perfection. So I would say if we have anyone self-proclaimed perfectionist listening, they're like, no, I have to be perfect. Well, then great. I need you to make some of the fall, the fall, the falls and the flaws and all that. I need you to show those to your kids. If you want to be a perfect parent, you've got to show them when you slip and fall. You've got to show them when you make a mistake. You've got to show them how you bounce back from those mistakes. You've got to talk out loud to yourself as you coach yourself through a hard time. You want to be a perfect parent make sure they see the imperfections because that is part of being a perfect parent because when your child learns that oh wow mom messed up on that and then she called the person and said i'm sorry or she you know she broke it so she fixed it or she swept it up or whatever it was then that is part of the learning so if you want perfection there it is i need you to have some faults <laughs> that is part of it <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a powerful it's a powerful concept you guys and, and, I, and I love it we are human beings and we just want to do the best for our children and for ourselves and find joy in a light in a world that sometimes doesn't offer that up immediately and um I love the fact that both Melissa and Kristen and I or all three of us are actually talking about this idea of options because um in the neuro-linguistic programming that I'm constantly talking about the NLP uh, one of the primary objectives is to make sure we increase your options, because if you don't know the options you have, you make choices based on the limited options or what mm -hmm. you think your option is. So if we can expand those options, all of a sudden you can choose from different things to help you as you go forward. So every tool won't feel like a great match for you, but the more tools you have, the more ideas and options you have to get through whatever situation comes on your, on your plate. Um, I always, I just had a thought the other day and I was trying to figure out how to put it on a reel in Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to let this get formulated. So let me try not to botch it as I try to explain it to you guys now. But I was literally thinking, you know, if you ask someone, you know, is the ocean a beautiful place? Like going deep in the ocean, is it a beautiful place? Someone might say to you, absolutely. It's the most amazing, wonderful experience in your life and swimming in it and all that. 
But if you ask someone who can't swim or who's afraid of water, is the ocean a beautiful place? They might be like, uh, only on TV or only way back in the shore. Like, I will not get out there. And I'm like, well, what's the difference? The difference is the tools. If you know how to swim, if you know how to kayak, if you know how to operate the boat, if you know how to surf, you know, then it's a different experience. When that big wave comes, one person's like, oh gosh, I'm going to die. And the other person is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the one. That perception really is based on what tools do you have? If you have a surfboard and the knowledge of surfing, it's going to be the time of your life. And if you're out there without anything, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced. So life is like that. If we have the tools to surf and to navigate the waters of life, if you will, then we're going to feel so differently. So when we see someone saying, wow, life is great. And you're like, ah, they're lying. They're faking. Like, ah. no, it's, they know how to swim. <laughs> they know how to swim and they know how to surf and they know how to navigate their boat. And you can too. That's the thing. We can all share these tools. And that I think is a big um, mission with my work is make sure we have more tools, more options to raise the self-esteem, shift our mindset, improve the behavior, do that on every single level and pass it on from generation to generation within the scope of whatever the ocean of life is bringing us, technology, social media, YouTube, TV, movies, radio, whatever, that we can navigate it within the scope of all of that stuff. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that's a beautiful way to end this conversation. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Anything, anything we missed, anything you want to make sure we touch on? not me I, I, I'm like I'm still over here glowing like that was so good this whole conversation intention and collaboration and curation I'm just I'm loving it I'm loving it mm -hmm. I'm just so happy that we got a chance to share that with everybody yeah thank you so much yeah and before we let you go too will you tell um our listeners where they can go to find more out find find you and find the self-esteem doctor academy and to check that out as well for sure. For sure. I would say home base is the selfesteemdoctor.com. Everything is all spelled out. The selfesteemdoctor.com. There it'll take you to the academy, take you to everything you need to know um, about me and, and my work and maybe getting me to come speak at one of your events or whatever you guys may need. And of course, enrolling your kids in the academy for some of these awesome uh, globally accessible 24 seven uh, resources. And of course on Instagram, because, you know, I'm trying to keep your feed positive. So <laughs> Uh, you can find me at the self-esteem doctor again, all spelled out. Try to keep it simple for you guys. So the self-esteem doctor. That's yeah. Thank you so much for this great conversation. We're so glad that we got to talk with you today. So happy you guys invited me. This is riveting and I'm mm -hmm. ready to do it again. <laughs> thank you. <All> right. <laughs> thank you for listening to the purposeful parent podcast. We had a really great time talking with our guests today and hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Make sure to check out the show notes to get more information on today's guests and to check out what they are up to. To learn more about Melissa and Kristen, follow The Purposeful Parent on Instagram. You can also check out what Melissa is up to by following Inner Architect on Instagram. And to keep up with Kristen, follow Language Ninjas on Instagram. We'd love to hear how you are choosing to purposefully parent, so please feel, feel free to reach out and say hi.